Hello everyone, this is Jim Lucy, Editor-in-Chief for Electrical Wholesaling and Electrical Marketing with episode number 90 of the Today's the Electrical Economy podcast series sponsored by Champion Fiberglass. Champion began producing epoxy fiberglass conduit fittings in 1988 and in 1989 developed the first conduit from epoxy resins that had flame resistance and low smoke characteristics. This met the most stringent codes and specifications. Episode 90 is going to focus on the latest pricing trends from Electrical Marketing's Electrical Price Index, and we'll also take a look at the largest local markets for single-family and multifamily building permits in 2023. We will also provide updates for five weekly key economic indicators, including initial unemployment claims at the state level, rail freight car traffic, the Baker Hughes rig count, oil prices, and copper prices. Our thanks again for Champion Fiberglass for sponsoring the Today's Electrical Economy podcast series for 2024. For the week ending February the 17th, the advanced figure for seasonally adjusted initial unemployment claims was 201,000. That is a decrease of 12,000 from their previous week's revised level. The four-week moving average for these unemployment claims was 215,250, and that is a decrease of 3,500 from the previous week's revised level. The U.S. unemployment rate total is 3.7%. Unemployment claims showed some pretty significant drops on the state level, and we had six states that had unemployment decrease of more than 1,000 employees. These states were California was down 8,584 claims, down to 41,296. Kentucky saw the claims reduced 3,655, down to 1,432. State of Michigan, 5,942 claims, that is down 1,907. State of New York, 15,397, that is down 1,458. Illinois saw their claims drop 1,401 to 7,981, and Texas was down 1,234 to 14,042 claims. There was only one state that had claims increase for the week of February 17th of over 1,000. That was Oklahoma, 3,084 claims. Its claims were up 1,797. All the other states had some fairly minimal uh, increases. Ohio was up just 858 to 6,227. Iowa was up 561 claims to just over 2,400. State of Tennessee up 433 claims sitting at 2,842. And the District of Columbia up 197 to 618. A good leading indicator for the overall U.S. economy is freight rail traffic. It's a measure of the amount of raw materials and finished goods being shipped by rail. The best source for this data is the American Association of Railroads, or AAR. It publishes this data weekly at www.aar.org. Total combined U.S. traffic for the first seven weeks of 2024 was 3,190,248 3,190,248 car roads and intramodians, and that is an increase of 0.7% compared to this time last year. The uh, weekly average is averaging for freight rate rail traffic is around 417,780. Seven of the 10 carload commodity groups posted an increase compared with the same week last year. They included miscellaneous carloads up 1,983, chemicals up 1,543, and motor vehicles and parts, up 1,187. The commodity groups that posted decreases compared with the same week last year were coal, down 7,122, non-metallic minerals, down 652 carloads, and petroleum and petroleum products, down 122 carloads. If you track the oil market, you're probably familiar with the Baker Hughes rig count. This tracks the oil and gas rigs that are operating. 
the state is available by state, by basin, and nationally at www.rigcount.bakerhughes.com. This slide gives you an idea of the largest oil and gas deposits. It really gives you a sense of just how many of the large oil plays are in Texas and Oklahoma and New Mexico, and how big an area the Marcellus gas region covers in Pennsylvania, Ohio, and parts of West Virginia. There was a comparatively sizable increase of six oil rigs in the oil rig count over the past week. Over the past year, we have only been seeing an increase of one or two rig counts, so when you see something for six, it does definitely stand out. Two of the new rigs were in the Permian Basin, which stretches from Texas and into New Mexico. This, this key basin now has 314 operating rigs, and that is 50% of the total number of oil and gas rigs now operating in the United States. While there was an increase, the Permian count is still down 39 rigs, or 11%, from last year at this time. Of where oil prices have been over the past five years, and then I always like to take a look at things just before the uh, pandemic began. Uh, as you can see, this uh, yellow line indicating the uh, five-year average price as of $68.18. Uh, the current price right now is $76.50, so we're still riding a bit above that number there. Uh, prices had spiked up the highest in 2022. That was right at the time start of the Ukrainian war, and they've kind of settled for the most part into a range between $70 and $80, occasionally hitting over $90 over the past year. Economists like to call copper pricing Dr. Copper because it's the leading economic indicator for future activity since copper is used in so many industries. The construction industry is among the leading markets for copper because of its use in wiring cable and copper plumbing pipe. The current price for copper on the COMEX exchange as of February the 23rd is $3.87 per pound. The five-year average for copper, as you can see in this chart, is $3.56%. So we're a little bit over that. And it's, see, it's really been in a fairly narrow band. It's seldom gone over $4 a pound for very long. And it is really only dipped below uh, $3 a pound uh, back in 2020. So it's been fairly stable right now over the past year and really the past couple of years, I guess you could say. Now let's take a look at some trends in electrical product pricing. We, we take a look at these trends through the electrical price index that we publish every month with data from S&P Global, and that's an electrical marketing newsletter. Uh, again, we have, we have this data going all the way back to the 1990s, and the price index, as well as the rest of electrical marketing, is available for a $99 annual subscription. If you're interested in receiving a sample of the electrical price index or would like to subscribe to electrical marketing, just contact me at jlucy at endeavorb2b.com. My contact information is at the end of this presentation. Alrighty, now let's take a look at the changes on both a monthly and annual basis in the electrical marketing and the electrical price index. The total index for the month from January is down 0.5%. The circuit breakers uh, were leading all with an increase of 5.1%. Panel boards and switches up uh, 2.7%. Industrial controls for the month up 2.5%. Transformers up 2.1%. And fuses up 1.3%. We, we kept tally uh, in total over uh, 20 different product categories. So these are just hitting some of the highlights. If you want to look at the year-over-year -year changes uh, through January, Power cable was up 15.5%. Transformers are up 7.7% over the year. Switchgear is up sitting at 7.3%. Circuit breakers up 7.2%. Fuses up 6.2%. And ballast up 5.3%, as were panel boards and switches, also 5.3%. Um, 
If you want to take a look at the average monthly price change to give some perspective here, the over, looking back to the 1990s, the monthly average change over the excuse me over the past five years in this particular chart is just a 0.5%. So we're right about the monthly average uh, for the January right now. On an annual basis, uh, the month of the average change over the past five years has been a bit higher, it's a six, quite a bit higher than it is normally it been. But right, it is riding over the past five years monthly change of 6.48%. And as we mentioned, uh, right now we are down is quite a bit old. We were in the whole total index down 1.6%. And the total average is, like I say, of all these price changes. And we have these by individual product categories available in historical data that comes along with the subscription to electrical marketing. The U.S. Census Bureau recently released their preliminary year-end figures in single-family and multifamily building permits for the 2023. So I thought we'd take a look at that. Uh, you know, we all know that the construction market for single-family homes, multifamily homes, has not been all that strong uh, over the in the recent year or two because of the higher interest rates. But there were some local markets, as you'll see in the next couple of slides, that really bucked this national trend. Now let's drill down to some of the local markets that did see some increases or at least some pretty amazing building activity over the past year. Uh, the United States as a whole was down 6.8%. So you can see on these chart of the 10 largest markets, uh, very few, a couple of them were down at that level or more, but there were a couple that stood out as having actually having an increase. Uh, Houston was up 4.8%, Orlando was up 5.1%, and uh, Charlotte was just up a fraction of a percent. All the other uh, markets actually showed a decline. So Houston, as I mentioned, up 4.8%. It's up 20, 20, over 2,300 uh, single-family permits, 50,000 building permits last year. That's amazing. Uh, it's cross-state city. Dallas uh, was down for, for the year, down 2.5%, but still registered 42,543 permits. That still dwarfed the uh, second place, or excuse me, third place finisher here for last year, single family permits. Uh, Phoenix Metro was down 7.6%, but look at the number of permits. There's still 24,810. That was not too far over what Atlanta had performed, although being Atlanta was down 10%, but they still showed 23,972 permits. Uh, other markets in the top 10, we had Charlotte, over 19,000 permits, Orlando, over 17,000, uh, Austin, over 16,000, Tampa Bay, close to 15,000 permits. Nashville was up to, excuse me, was down 1,200 permits, but still came in with 14,169 and Jacksonville, Florida. So uh, 12,402 12, permits. As you can see, Florida had a number of states, Jacksonville, Tampa, Orlando, all in for the big building permit increases totals there. And the state of Texas, we had Houston, Dallas, and Austin registering among the top 10. Uh, just if you take a look over the past five years for a total building permit, so the number one and two places there, actually number three also had, were in this, had some pretty amazing numbers. In total, over the past five years, Houston builders have pulled 239,856 permits. Dallas builders have pulled over 200,000 permits, 217,128 to be exact. Uh, the Phoenix, up for 142,698 permits over the past five years. I mean, Atlanta building permits pulled 137,000 and Austin pulling 101,000. So when you look at the numbers here, well, over 100,000 in every the case for these five years, that's almost a whole city's worth of a medium-sized city and building permits. So 
pretty big activity, even though we've had the, the challenges from interest rates. Now let's switch over to the multifamily building permit side, and you'll see some familiar names in here. Uh, overall, the U.S. took a pretty big hit on its multifamily building permit activity. It is quite cyclical, even more so than single family, but you can see that uh, builders pulled over 100, 126,095 fewer permits in 2023 than they had the year previous. That was a decline of almost 19,000. Um, a lot of the, the largest markets also had showed some declines. Uh, New York City, New York City Metro, although it had 26,267 permits pulled, that was a decline of over 40%. Dallas's permits, impressive number at 22,074, but they were down 31,000. Austin, very, very similar. Um, I'm not quite as big of a dip, but they're down 3.7%. Totals uh, multifamily units, 21,368. Others in the top 10, and again, you'll see some familiar names here. Uh, Phoenix was also one of the leaders in single-family permits. They checked in actually with a, a small, a mild increase of, to 18,932 uh, permits of five units or more. Houston six, sitting at 16,558, but they did see a 39% decline. Uh, the Miami market up actually up quite a bit, up 20 over 21% uh, to 15,363. Atlanta was also a leader in the uh, single-family construction market, but their permits were down 31% in multifamily permits to 14,227. And the nation's capital, that large decline at 41.6%, still one of the top 10 markets with 12, over 12,000 permits pulled. Denver had a 11, also a sizable drop of 11%, but came, still came in with over 11,000 uh, multifamily permits. And Charlotte uh, up 26.7%, and that's good for, uh, was up to over 10,127. I did the same thing. If you want to take a look at some of the crazy numbers of permits pulled by some of these markets over the past five years, uh, New York City in total has pulled over 200,000 permits. Pretty big drop off to the number two position of Dallas with 122,424. But right the next three, the next uh, next two, including Dallas, three three in the top five in permits total pulled over five years. Houston and over 100,000 permits. Austin, fairly similar numbers, 101,733, and Phoenix, 78,137. And one of the reasons that we do track uh, building permits very closely on electrical marketing, electrical wholesaling, is they're a pretty good indicator of leading economic activity. Uh, builders aren't going to be uh, paying for a permit unless they're pretty certain they're going to break ground on the building. And so that gives you an idea of where they're where, where they're going to be busy over the you know in the next couple of months down the road, but it also gives you a sense of when once these buildings are built that there also is going to be a lot of ancillary uh, light, in many cases like commercial construction. You need the, all the different retail shopping centers, you, you know, different stores, uh, to some degree schools, build office buildings, uh, places of worship, and everything to support services for uh, the new residents moving into the area. And that wraps up our podcast for today. And uh, thanks to Champion Fireplace for sponsoring this podcast series. I, we're, I can't believe we've already hit 90 episodes and we should be hitting our 100th episode uh, sometime this summer, I believe. So thanks again to the good folks at Champion for uh, believing in this podcast series. 
as I mentioned, if you'd like to get more of this in the data that we cover in this podcast, and very often we're covering the data in additional depth in electrical marketing newsletter, that's available for just $99. And if you're interested in a subscription, you can go to the electricalmarketing.com website or, or contact me about it, jlucy at endeavorb2b.com. Uh, we'll be talking with you again. Our next podcast will be on March the 11th. So uh, until then, uh, be happy, be healthy, and I look forward to talking with you in two weeks.